Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Legal Tech Week, the show where we talk about the latest happenings in legal tech and innovation with our panel of legal tech journalists and bloggers. Uh, and uh, I think I fail to say this often, but uh, if you're not always just catching us live, you can also catch the recorded versions in two ways. You can just, uh, we put it out as an audio podcast and wherever you get your podcasts, you can find it there. And uh, the video is all saved and put up on YouTube at uh, Legal Tech Week channel on YouTube. So just search for Legal Tech Week and you can find you can just binge on all of our past episodes. You could spend an entire year doing that, probably. <laughs> uh, what else would you ever want to do? Uh, but uh, today, uh, we are probably going to be talking a little bit about uh, Ilticon, much to the chagrin of poor Victor Lee, who wasn't there. And he's going to have to listen to us <laughs> go on about that. But we're also going to get some stuff from Victor as well and talk about that. Uh, I'm Bob Ambroji. I have the blog Law Sites and the podcast Law Next. And our panelists today, uh, starting with uh, Steve Embry. Want to say hello? Hey, Steve Embry here. Just returned from Ilticon. Got a good night's sleep for the first time in several nights. And uh, I write the blog Tech Law Crossroads, and I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, also joining us today is Steve Lerner. Hey, everybody. How's you doing? I'm Stephen Lerner, senior reporter, Law360 Pulse. Uh, I write about legal tech. I have a monthly column called Technically Speaking. And I also just came back from the happiest place on earth, um, Florida, Yelta. Yeltacon in Orlando as well. I thought you were going to say Law360 was the happiest place on earth. Uh, and uh... it, it is that too. Sure. Uh, and uh, another happiest place on earth is the American Bar Association, where Victor Lee uh, is just back from. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, my name is Victor Lee. I am assistant managing editor for the ABA Journal. Uh, uh, yeah, I missed I missed Eltacon. I had I had uh, Colin Con, which is my son, um, <laughs> you know, was, was running me ragged this last week. Uh, that wasn't why I missed. Cleocon, but that is what I'm not clear. That doesn't why I miss Ultacon, but that is what I was doing this, this last week. That and you know, avoiding um, <laughs> avoiding certain topics at the at the at the American Bar Association. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, uh, and we can talk more about that. Um, and uh, Nikki Black. Hi, I'm Nikki Black. I am the head of SME and external education at my case and LaPay, and I write uh, columns, uh, legal tech columns for ABA Journal, Above the Law, and other outlets, and. I am fresh back from my beautiful view of a pile of garbage at the happiest place on earth. So I think I got a better view now that I'm home, which is good news. That's good. And last but not least, Joe. Uh, Joe Patrice from Above the Law, uh, also uh, around the happiest garbage on earth, uh, which I, what, yeah. So it, I was going to make a snarky comment about the happiest garbage on earth, but nah. Um, I was going to say it was filled with, uh, difficult to cut off ribbons that we all had from the parties we went to but uh yeah yeah and uh and actually steve just reminded me in the chat we've got we are at what are we at this week like 90 we are about this to is the 100th episode of this podcast so this is 98 this week according to joe's calculations uh i don't think anybody else has actually quite added it up but we're, we're taking joe's word for it and uh we're, we're so taking i two. We're taking iTunes' word for it because they said there were 97. 
All right, perfect, good. Uh, yeah. So uh, in uh, in two weeks will be our hundred. I don't. We haven't quite figured out what we're doing yet, but we're going to do try and do something special for that episode. So stay tuned for that. Watch for that, uh, and uh, you can send your gifts and contributions uh, to me uh, at my usual address. Uh, and uh, yeah, maybe, maybe before we. Uh, well, first of all, <laughs> Victor, just to kind of follow up on. Uh, uh, a, a remark about the ABA. I, I just noticed uh, uh, it's Sam Skolnick's uh, piece today in Bloomberg. Uh, I think it was yesterday or yesterday, kind of following up on this uh, issue that, uh, in part, I wrote about a, a few weeks ago regarding that op-ed uh, that was uh, in favor of uh, regulatory reform and how it was supposed to run in the Center for Innovations. Uh, publication and then ended up getting pulled. And then uh, Sam Skolnick uh, just wrote a very uh, much more in-depth uh, kind of report on some of the inner uh, debate uh, at the ABA around this issue. I haven't really had a chance to, to read it in depth or digest it, but uh, maybe maybe next week it's another one we might want to follow up on. I, I did notice that he said that somebody at the ABA uh, claim that uh, I did not get it right and that that op-ed was never slated for publication in the first place, which uh, sure as heck wasn't uh, what I was told by people involved in putting out that publication and wasn't uh, what I saw in some emails that were sent to me. So, uh, well, it kind of, it kind of begs the question, why would, you, why would you write an op-ed in the first place if you weren't going <laughs> to? Well, they had, I, I will say, they had actually written it and then we're shopping it to get it published. So they had already written it and then submitted it to the ABA and it was accepted by the ABA is my understanding. So it wasn't, they didn't write it specifically for the ABA so much as they they wrote it and then we're looking for a place to uh, to, to publish it. But, um, but uh, yeah, maybe before we, uh, maybe before we launch into our uh, post game analysis or, or a post mortem analysis or whatever you want to call it of Ilticon, uh in, in, in bore poor Victor to death with that. Uh, we, we should uh, hear, hear from you, Victor. And what's your, what, what, what interested you this week uh, in the news? Oh, I thought you were gonna ask me about what was going on. I was like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, all, I mean, okay. What I can say about that topic, I actually don't have any insight into what is going on with that. Um, but what I, what I can say is that this is, this has obviously been an issue that's been, that's beguiled uh the organization the association for a, a while now um it's still an issue that engenders a lot of passionate response on multiple sides uh, it's still an issue that really kind of you know it's it, I, I don't know if i call it the third rail like it's not i don't know if it's quite like that uh but it is something that if you if you like whenever whenever anybody tries to bring it up you know it's going to it's going to bring. It's going to then generate certain reactions from from certain corners. Um, so there is no like, there is no like, official view of things. There is no like, you know, um, um, there are there are there are factions within the ABA that are very very much in favor of 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 some kind of deregulation. There are some there there's there there are some parts of the ABA that are very much against it. So it's still something that that we're struggling with and. It's an interesting sort of microcosm into the profession as a whole because, you know, obviously this is not an issue that, obviously this is a very complicated issue that that that, that creates a lot of spirit of debate. And so, you know, I mean, that makes us no different than like a lot of the other state bars and a lot of the other, you know, entities that are better grappling with this issue. It's just, you know, obviously we do it on sort of a, <laughs> on sort of a higher higher um, 
uh, with a higher profile, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, so the, the story that I put into the um, to the queue was, um, ironically enough, we're on Zoom now. Um, Zoom has, uh, you know, I mean, obviously they've 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 made it clear that they want the they want their workers to go to go back uh, to the office because they feel like, you know, um, having a virtual setup, having a hybrid setup is not conducive for, um, you know, productivity for team building and whatnot. And you know that that's been the news for a while, but I guess this week's like some internal emails leaked, just just kind of uh, just kind of really kind of emphasizing that aspect of like this. Well, you know, we don't think that 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 you know interacting on Zoom and working on Zoom is conducive for uh, a cohesive office culture and whatnot. It's like, well, <laughs> it's kind of ironic coming from you guys, since you were the guys who uh, created this this platform. But um, and if we get kicked off in the next couple of minutes, then we'll know uh, what's going on. But um, <laughs> but uh, but but. Kind of tying into the legal industry, I mean, obviously, you know, we've seen this debate raging on, um, you know, for 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 a while now, and 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 we have a lot of law firms now that are actually mandating, you know, four days back in about four days back in the office, three days back in the office. Um, so, this is, at, at what point then does it become you know, okay? Let's just everyone go, go, everyone go back. No more, no more, um, no more hybrid or very limited amounts of hybrid for people who are like absolutely, you know, can't make do without it or, or, or had some kind of arrangement or aren't, you know, or whatnot. But like, yeah, at, at what point does it then become, all right, well, you know what, everybody come in, um, you know, we're not gonna do, we're not gonna do any kind of like hybrid arrangements anymore because it's just easier to have everybody in the office, everybody sees each other, everybody, you know, they can have the water cooler talks that that are so productive and so conducive to uh, getting things done. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you see this in all industries, you know, not just the legal industry, but especially in the legal industry where, you know, FaceTime, as we've talked about in the show a lot, FaceTime is very important. Um, you know, being seen, being in the office and working and, you know, pulling the long hours and, you know, paying your dues is still very much a part of the culture. And so, yeah, I do kind of wonder if that's, if that's where, where we're heading, but, you know, it's, yeah, um, um, and especially now that you have Zoom kind of like, like in the cat out of the bag and be like, well, hey, you know what? <laughs> we don't, we don't even want, we don't even want to deal with this. So, so yeah, so it's just, it's just, it, it, that's interesting to me, just, just on a macro level. It, I was thinking as you were talking, Victor, we may end up with something worse than we had before COVID. You know, pre-COVID, there weren't any like particular rules. People could, you know, work remotely or be traveling or whatever. And now we may end up with. Yeah, everybody come back to the office and you're going to be here these days and we expect you to be here and it could could not only be be you know back to the office but back to the office with more requirements and and uh, uh, burdens than there ever were which is kind of ironic. <laughs> well, I the CEO says it's difficult to build trust over Zoom so I think we should just like poll the chat and find out whether they trust us or not. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder like if they talked to their PR team before they made that decision, because that was the dumbest <laughs> PR decision I've ever come across. It's right. like, it makes them seem like a bunch of hypocritical idiots. But as I've said in past shows about hybrid and remote work, there are tons of people that fare better um, working remotely. Neurodivergent people, uh, disabled people, people of color, women, people who are caregivers or parents. Like I, I think the, the the percentage of people that don't need some sort of hybrid arrangement in order to I, have their ideal work arrangement is this small minority of people that feel they need to be surrounded by, you know, their underlings that make them feel important. That's mostly what I think that 
you uh, are the people that want other people at work because it doesn't satisfy their egos <laughs> when they don't have these people there. And I think the, you know, giving people options that people understand that you need that face time to uh, make certain connections. I think they're going to come in there if they think it's imperative or useful for their career. I think you should trust your employees more than force them to do things, but I'm not the one with the big real estate contracts that are outstanding either. Yeah. So. Couldn't well, agree that, with you more, Nikki. <laughs> the craziest thing was we talked about this in uh, over the last couple of weeks, this Davis Polk deciding to massively expand their office in light of all this. Like the, the logical thing would be to get a smaller office, do what you can about like kind of hoteling concepts and so on uh, to make sure that people have some flexibility. And it is, and that is what a lot of the real industry out there does. Uh, the fact that law hasn't been doing that has been bizarre. Well, Davis Polk is massively expanding its real estate, and so did Iltacon this year. Uh, and, uh... <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> That's why you get paid the big bucks, Bob. <laughs> you know it. Um, it wasn't as good as the one that you did. You did a few, uh, a couple. Of, I, I wish I could remember that one. There was one that you did where we all just kind of went like that. I, I, I don't the recorded. Maybe, the recorded. Maybe maybe somebody can go back through the archives and, and let us know for the one hundred episode. Yeah. Well, when we get our generative AI to go back and find all the word cloud from every episode we've ever done, I like that idea. Um, first, I have to. I have a prediction. Text, Arti Sorry, I, I, I think artificial intelligence is going to be up there. Why do a word cloud? We've like spoken about. Yeah, that but that's so just much. like the last the last year. What I mean, how many? How about contract lifecycle management? And uh, I don't know. Whatever you think else. I said that one a lot? Really? Contract lifecycle management? I don't think I've said that phrase in my entire life. <laughs> oh, I just can't stop repeating it. I love it. It's so it just rolls off my tongue. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, all right. So I know. So I know Steve wrote a sort of a after after the show post. I know I wrote an after the show post. I'm not sure if anybody else got got to write one yet, but uh, I, I I I certainly both both Steve and I I think we're pretty alike in our assessment. This was a, a pretty good Iltacon overall. We, I, I mean, the people I, the people I talked to and sort of people of all ilks, whether they were there as just, you know, as, as attendees, as, as vendors, I don't know, whatever other capacity might be there. Uh, people seemed pretty happy with the show overall. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the uh, allusion to the real estate for those who weren't there was, was a, a reference to the fact that, uh, rather than just be in the swan and dolphin as it had been the last time it was at Iltacon for the most part. Uh, it, it's spread out into uh, a couple of adjoining, not even adjoining facilities, a couple of nearby facilities uh, or hotels that in some cases required people to do a whole lot of hoofing between meetings. Uh, I mean, I, I clocked it at one point and from the swan uh, reserve over to the yacht, yacht harbor, whatever it's called, um, it was about 0.8 miles. So if you had, you know, a meeting at the Swan Reserve and then you had to get over to the other place, uh, you're walking almost a mile. And then you might then have to turn around and walk almost a mile back again to the Swan Reserve, depending on what your schedule was. Uh, meaning we, we all got, to, we all got our steps in anyway this week. Yeah. And they weren't, yeah, you, um, oh, ahead, John, I was sorry. just going to say, and that, and that path was not like a, New York Manhattan grid either they right. were kind of winding it took me 16 minutes to do that uh that walk yeah if you yeah. took the wrong turn it, a, could, it would take a it, lot longer it, it, it really I mean the biggest problem I think was going from the Swan Reserve all the way over to the Yacht Club but most of my 
journeys were from the dolphin to the swan. And actually, most of them were from the dolphin to the yacht club. And Ilta they did a nice job with the golf carts on that particular piece of it. I mean, there was always one there and moved pretty quickly. And you know, when I first heard about the golf carts, I was like, oh, shit, that's never going to work. We'll be standing out in the heat for 20 minutes. But they rolled pretty pretty fast. And I have to say, I mean, I'm sure if ILTA had had its um, uh, preference, everything would have been in the Dolphin, or at least the Dolphin and the Swan. But, you know, when it comes to planning these conferences, really at the mercy, to some extent of the facility. So I'm sure that, you know, it's, can't, it was an unfortunate situation, but I don't think ULTA can be faulted as I'm sure they tried to work it out the best that they could under the circumstances with what the, what the resort was given them. But um, so, yeah, it, uh, although and the other thing I will point out is sitting here today, it is about 10 degrees warmer in Louisville than it was in Orlando. <laughs> Don't have that problem in Boston. Well, we, we had a hundred here in Chicago yesterday. I imagine it probably would have been similar in Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, you were you were, you were uh, shaking your head when 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 Steve was talking about the uh, the golf carts. Not 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 for you. Or no, uh, no. I mean, the golf carts were fine when they were there. Um, I remember I was standing outside the Dolphin just trying to get to. I guess that must have been the yacht club, and there was just a big pile of people. Nobody could go anywhere. The carts were just sitting there. There were no keys to use the carts, um, and it was just like if 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 the people are not going to drive the carts to take us to yacht club, why can't we just drive the carts? I mean, it, it, it kind of, that's what it kind of felt like. So I didn't feel like the carts were always there all the time. Well, and I, as I understood it, there were six carts and one of the keynotes was over in Yacht Club, at least one of them. You're, you're telling me you're going to get 3,000 people from Dolphin to the Yacht Club on six golf carts? Like, come on. I mean, for certain things, they just, even if they had, they worked sometimes, that just was, that wasn't going to work. I really like that idea of having just letting us all drive the golf carts. We should really suggest that for next time. <laughs> yeah. After some of the parties, that could get really After some of the parties, that would be fun. The <laughs> <laughs> bodies flying all over the parking lot. <laughs> How many golf carts are going to end up in that little lake there or whatever that was? <laughs> well, that's because some people had too much fun at those parties. Um, some people no one did. wants to comment. Oh, okay. Yeah, somebody, on, somebody got it. On film, apparently. Somebody got That's it. That's right, too. That's right, too. It's all on film. Um, well, so what? What about what about what about the click things? Uh, I, 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 the, the, I, I mean, again, for anybody in the audience who, who wasn't there, the uh, one of the distinguishing one of one of the uh, tech innovations at this year's IltaCon was that every name badge had this little white button, plastic button thing on it that would sort of randomly flash lights all the time throughout the day. But if you then held it up next to somebody else's little white button and pressed it, it would flash green. And supposedly you were exchanging your contact information, which actually seemed like a sort of a cool idea. Uh, the, the, I mean, the, at the first, the first problem was it with it was when it was revealed that they were not, uh, that, that, that they had failed to tell people when they gave them the badges that if they returned, didn't return the badges, they're going to be fined $50 after the show, uh, which came as a surprise to a lot of people. Apparently some people were getting told that when they were picking up their badges, but uh, I was not. And I sure heard from a lot of other people who did not, were not told that. 
Uh, and I, I know I blogged about it after after asking at the press briefing whether this is even true, because I thought it was just a, a crazy rumor that couldn't possibly be true. And they said, yep, yeah, it's true. Um, but there was yeah, that. So and then, we, we, uh, yeah. we would be happy to show you one, except I think all of us dutifully turned our little buttons in. <laughs> right. no, nobody took. Nobody was willing bucks, to take 50 one bucks for the, fifty bucks. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't need that. I look. Well, nobody was. Nobody was. LinkedIn posts where everybody has photos of their finds that have been sent to them. <laughs> so, so this I, little I was bit of technology. Hoping that, hoping that somebody here would, you know, take one for the team and bring one back to show our our all of our viewers what they really. Oh, the audience. Like, but... I took a picture of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, the weird thing the weird thing about it was this, you know, like it it was one of those features that uh, often happens in the tech space where it was like cool for cool's sake uh, and not really a functional reason. Uh, yeah, you could push this button, hold it next to somebody and exchange information. Uh, that is the same job that the QR readers have done at these conferences for years upon <laughs> years. Uh, but this one was just one that added a, 50, a threat of $50 to your life. Uh, it also... Yeah, uh, did had issues with getting information off of it uh, at the first day's press briefing. We were told they had, were working on how you would get somebody's contact information out of the system. Uh, since the whole purpose was to exchange contact information, this struck me as a bit of a thing they should have known beforehand. Uh, they, apparently, there's some way to get it out, uh, although you can it just may go not into all the app there. now and press. You can go to the app okay. and press download it or something. It'll send you a C, uh, send you an XLS file. Though people say that I, I hear, like we were talking before the show began, that uh, they may not all be there. That's what I'm hearing. I've, I've, well, I'm, yeah. not, I'm hearing. I've heard that from a couple of people that they've checked it out, and not all of the clicks they were doing were getting recorded. That's oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. For, you know, a nugget from the chat that yeah, Sonia has here is that yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, these did help the organizers heat map potentially, and so see where people were so they could better predict expenses going forward, which would be a great idea. Um, for about 10 bucks, they could have paid me to tell them not in the yacht club, but, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> which means they were, in fact, tracking us the entire time. That's also a little <laughs> alarming. What if you went somewhere that you wouldn't want to be tracked going to? Like, I'm not speaking personally. I, I didn't do anything sketchy at this conference, but like, it seems a little, you know, you're wandering around with your, I don't know, what if you spend an hour in the bathroom because your stomach's upset? I don't know. I don't want them tracking me around the conference center. That's <laughs> But if you're doing something That's sketchy, true. you're not going to wear your ILTA conference badge to it, are you? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but it, yeah, I think that they should have disclosed it if they could actually track your location using those, don't you? My yeah, only yeah, one is a little on the Sorry, go on. <clears throat> no one else felt like they should disclose that or sign off on it. Really? <laughs> I don't know. It, because because it was attached to the badge, I didn't think it was all that all that bad. Like when I when I decided to go do something awful, I'm sure I would have taken it off. Uh, not that I did, but because I didn't have enough time. Well, even if you, regardless <laughs> of what you were going to be doing, I feel like that's something they should disclose because it strikes me as a violation of your privacy or, or at least you should consent to them tracking your location if that's true because that's a very to be fair thing. here click this to and be contact with somebody 
To be fair, maybe they did. I haven't read the fine print on our <laughs> signing up for it. It could easily be in there. I haven't looked. Where where do we sign anything regarding the clicks, clicker things? I mean, who knows? Like, yeah. I, I would assume when people register, there's like a bunch of, like, I click yeah, through be a some bunch of things. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, probably when yeah, you sign exactly. up for the, got the app, there's, when it, anytime I get an app, there's all sorts of things I agree to that I have no clue what I'm doing with. Because <laughs> I just want the app. <laughs> I guess it's the public defender in me that's a little outraged at that, but I. I guess I stand alone on that one. <laughs> I like the easy pass analogy, the easy pass for, for legal tech conferences. Uh, well, all right. What else? What, uh, I, I did not make it to too many of the actual panels. I don't know if anybody else did. And I, I was so busy with, with, with meetings that, uh, but again, I, I, the, the feedback I got from people, and I think Steve, you went to a few. Steve and Steve, I think you both went went to a few. Uh, what were your What were your take on just kind of the the, the, the panels well, you, and the yeah the, the the educational sessions that I went to were pretty good. Um, you know, they they focused on sort of practical and use cases. As you know, they weren't like nerdy tech kind of things. At least the ones I went to. Um, and the more interesting ones that I went to and sort of the raises the issue is it were the keynotes um, because the, there were four keynotes and only one of them had anything to do, I think, with, with technology. The rest of them were sort of, okay. I will, we'll make, we'll show you how to feel better, reduce stress and read people's minds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which were which were interesting and entertaining, and I, I don't wrote it in my piece. You know, it's it's a dilemma for event organizers, particularly in the legal tech space, because uh, so what are you going to do? You're going to get somebody from legal tech. Well, we don't have that many people in legal tech that can carry a keynote. There's a few, but you know, not, there's not many. Or you can bring somebody from outside legal tech who's just in technology, but. What happens often then is you get somebody that doesn't understand legal tech and everybody comes in thinking they're going to hear something really cool and they end up hearing something irrelevant. Well, you can just go completely outside and go for the uplifting. And that, at least three out of four times, that's what Ilta did. And and the people they brought in were pretty interesting, particularly the mind reader. He was pretty, he was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just felt like I'm so, I'm so busy at the, at a conference like that, that I just, to take to take the time just like sit and listen to somebody for an hour has absolutely nothing to do with legal tech. I yeah. just didn't feel like it was worth my time. And I, in some ways I feel like it was, I don't know. I, I'm sure some people just want to be entertained, but I don't know. It just seemed like there's better. There's a comedian well, you, every night. I mean, they could go to the comedy session yeah. at nighttime. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw the session. Of course. And we're kind of a, go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. No, go right ahead, Steve. And I'll, I'll let you finish. I was just going to say, we're all kind of jaded because I mean, we, been through all this stuff before and you know, like you say we don't have time to fool with it but i don't know i mean i didn't do a you know a survey but you know people that commentary that i heard from the rank and file coming out of them is a lot of them seem to be like what they were kind of being entertained with so i don't know who knows <laughs> yeah i i didn't check out the keynotes um but i did see the sessions um Ilpicon, as always they have some of the best educational sessions uh, for legal tech conferences, 
the ones I saw in particular were really good as long as it was a law firm or someone from a law firm speaking at the con at the, in the session, then, then it's pretty good educational content. Um, I saw sessions about data success projects, a lot of generative AI uh, sessions, a few of those, um, particularly not so much on the technical side of Gen AI, but more what firms should be doing to prepare for it ahead of time. Um, private data privacy issues, but also ethical considerations. So I thought it was really thorough because very educational, but I think that's where a lot of law firms are now. They're still looking at these tools. They haven't made any official decisions. Maybe they're piloting these tools, but they're starting to get their feet into the water and they need to consider some of these ethical issues at play. So I thought they, it was really appropriate for, for these types of sessions at Elticon. Maybe next year, we'll, they'll, they'll be a step forward at Elticon. They'll be focused more on practical aspects of the technology but i thought for this year given where the state of gen ai is i thought it was they were really appropriate the one session i went to was the one on their um technology survey um and some of the data from it was fascinating but i got there a few minutes late because i couldn't find it and i sat down and apparently promptly tried to break the rule of don't take pictures and the person next to me is like no you're not allowed to take a picture i'm like oh sorry sorry i thought there's a lot of secret <laughs> you know secret secrecy around this their uh, survey every year, which I think is a little odd. I, you'd think that they would at least, I don't know, like they take time, their time releasing the summary and then they finally release the whole thing and it's this big lead up and they won't let you take pictures of the stats on the screen. So everyone's scribbling away madly. Um, I don't really understand the secrecy behind that survey, but it's got lots of really interesting data every year. So I'm looking forward to reading it. There weren't enough surveys released last week. I think. I think we need more surveys. There were only what, like, <laughs> yeah. there, there was, there was a the Ilta Everlaw ASEDS one came out Monday on sort of the state of generative AI in the legal profession, and then the LexisNexis one came out on Tuesday on That's the state right. of generative AI in the legal profession, and then Thomson Reuters put out theirs on sort of the state of the profession generally or something. It just talked about AI in the, in the legal profession. Um, and uh, interesting. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. The, uh, the, yeah. Well, the Everlaw one was only like, like what, 250 respondents or something like that, or 280, something like that, a small number of respondents. And the LexisNexis one was uh, significantly a 4,000 something, if I recall right, or 8,000, I forget. Yeah. But international right. international survey, and they had pretty much the same the same results in terms of you know how people are thinking about uh, about uh, generative AI and what its impact would be on the profession. Wait, now that now hold on, that, there's that thing again. You know, Lerner said this first, and now you you AI. What is what is this? I didn't hear anything about it at the show. So what what is <laughs> this tech? Method. <laughs> so I talked about a little bit right over your head. <laughs> Artificial inanity. Um, I mean, that, you know, so, what, I mean, you know, that's the other funny thing I thought. I mean, I kept I, I, we all talked about this, I think, at various points during the show, uh, because we did we did sort of uh, function like a, a pack of uh, wild animals roaming around together uh, <laughs> a, a lot of the show. Uh, and uh, but I was just struck by, you know, yes, everybody's talking about generative AI, but I was struck by how many companies uh, are talking about products that they have yet to release or even put into beta. Uh, you know, there are so many companies are talking about, here's what we're going to be doing over the next year or so, or six months or so. 
uh, and and yet they're not even ready to show you a prototype of what it is, uh, let alone a, something something closer to a, a release version. Um, and I you know I, I think it's interesting how the companies are all. Yeah, is exactly what Samina just said. I mean, they're all jockeying to say, "Yeah, we're doing something." Uh, and uh, I mean, is that the, the the right approach for companies to take? Should they be touting something that they really haven't refined yet, or should they? You know, I mean, is it, are they doing a service to their customers, or are they really just playing to potential investors or or to to PR or whatever? I don't know what what people think about that. And. Well, it's 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 hard for this market. I mean, if you get into the consumer market, that happens a lot. You know, I mean, there's you know, Apple does it, everybody does it. But the problem with this market is, you know, the the buyers in this market, like we're all skeptical to begin with, right? <laughs> so so you you start talking about something that's not there, then you're like, it's well, it's all BS. Then you know, it's, so the danger is it really is going to do the you know, the hype crash because people are promising more than they can deliver, not understanding this marketplace as well as they should. I think one positive factor is just lawyers are chomping at the bit for this, which is super interesting because when have they ever been interested in any kind of technology? But this technology, and, and Bob, I thought your post just really succinctly described what made this conference feel so different. There was this energy in this curiosity and about technology and people sort of really wanting to learn and really excited about the prospects of this thing, no matter who you talk to or what they were coming at it from. Like, and for us, like to be in the middle of this thing that just seems like it's really going to be disruptive is super cool, but it wasn't just us. It's, it's interesting. And I think the fact that there's so many lawyers chomping at the bit and so many companies rushing to get these products out is energizing. And it's also just a sign that this is different. Like it's different than pretty much anything that's, I still agree with Gates. It was the PCs, internet, and then this. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it is very, it is different. I thought it was, uh, I use the phrase kind of double-edged sword because I came into this expecting to have what I think has been the theme of a lot of ILTAs I go to talking to tech personnel and vendors who all have a meeting of the minds about how to make everything great and then finding out that the partners don't want to invest in it and don't care and whatever. Uh, but they are champion at the bit about this. They do seem excited, or at least some of them seem excited. Some are scared of it, uh, like I expected, but I'm hearing, I heard from people that there were lawyers who are like, go out and get me some AI. Uh, but that the double-edged sword <laughs> of that is it's good that they care about something finally. The downside is it seemed like, at least for some of the folks I talked to, it seemed like they were feeling pressure from lawyers who didn't understand the, the limits of this technology to run out and try and get right. this technology, which, you know, you, you know be careful what <laughs> you wish for moment. They care, yeah. but they care about doing something stupid. Yeah, you know, I know, and I noticed the same thing, and I think Steve and I had a discussion about it. I mean, it it seems like because you know the law firms are so eager for this, all of a sudden their IT department, who they never really paid a whole lot of attention to before when it came to technology decisions, all of a sudden the IT department is 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 really important, and we really want them to do something. The flip side of that, as you just pointed out, is so the IT department says there's only so much we can do, and then the lawyer's like, "What? <laughs> I'm gonna go find me a good IT person." Then <laughs> there's yeah, no, I mean, I feel sorry for those guys. There's like, there's no winning. <laughs> and and the fact that like lawyers want this, that kind of feeds into the whole pressure of like these companies to be like, "Oh well, we're doing something because because they don't want to be." 
then dismissed by these. Like, oh well, we don't even have to. We don't have to even have to look at that company because they're not doing anything with generative AI. Because then, then they look, they look bad, or they look, you know, behind the eight ball. They look like they don't know what they're doing. So it's kind of like you kind of get caught in that position where it's all right. Well, we have to, even if we're not really doing anything, we still have to make it look like we are because otherwise we're going to get completely left behind by by our competitors and whatnot. So it, 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 it you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the field will thin out at some point. But I mean, right now it's kind of like you know, there, there's there, obviously there's an arm, arms race going on with. With this with this technology and it's, and it's a matter of who can you know who can you know who can harness it properly but then also there, there'll be a lot of companies that want to look like they're harnessing it properly and you know it, it remains to be seen who's actually who's actually going to be doing what i think i don't, uh, I don't know if it was illustrative Jeff, of how uh, people are talking about ai but it was funny that if you went to the i went to the session uh jake heller uh founder of case text did a uh, a talk um, on kind of on the acquisition, but also just on this on generative AI and what they built and what it means for the industry and all that. Uh, packed, packed standing room. People were getting turned away. There wasn't enough room to get in to hear him. A couple of hours earlier, I went to the Thomson Reuters uh, overview session, which was, of course, that's the company that acquired Case Text, where Thomson Reuters was going to be talking about its generative AI strategy. And it was like, what? 30 people in the room, maybe, or something, uh, in this huge, in this was huge, in huge room. room. No, uh, well, yeah, it was in the same room where the keynotes were, yeah, that same, uh, same yeah. room, but. I think day but, two, everybody was just refusing to go to the Yacht Club unless they had to. Yeah. So I think the people that did their, had their events and stuff like that over there were kind of, you know, out of luck. Yeah, maybe that was I it. I mean, it just felt like it was also just, I don't know, maybe it's more interest in the, in the tangible, you know, Case Text has something. They're, they've proven they've they've got a product. It's out there. It's being used, and, and maybe people really want to see more actual, you know, hands-on executions of generative AI versus talk about what we're going to be doing down the road. You know, I think somebody in the there was Dennis mentioned like net net documents in in the chat. I you know they've got something now that's real that with their um, uh, ND uh, Max product and, and they're doing some kind of cool stuff with it. And, you know, it's not it's not necessarily sort of knock your socks off uh, super generative AI that's going to do everything a lawyer does. It's just doing helping lawyers do very practical applications in sort of a low code environment where people can create their own apps using uh, using right. generative AI. And it's a kind of a cool execution of it. Yeah. If, if the vendor you're talking to has released their product, but they have not released a code of standards, a code of ethics, any way to talk about the explainability of the output, you probably need to run away. Um, that That is a problem. They need to be talking about these issues first and then come out these, these, with these products, even if they're still in testing. Yeah. Um, I just saw, it was, well, this is a little slightly off point, but I just I was just reading, I think, just this morning on, on the fact that that uh, OpenAI has just released this new uh, capability in chat GPT to upload uh, and, and train against your own sets of documents. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw that, but uh, I mean, this is what what actually a lot of what some of these legal tech vendors has been touting have been touting as their you know, why their generative AI is better than just uh, commercial generative AI uh, because uh, it's getting trained to get sets of legal documents and therefore uh, is less likely to hallucinate, more likely to give uh, uh, truthful answers. Uh, but if OpenAI just is able to create this kind of an interface where anybody can just 
provide a set of documents and train it against that set of documents, uh, that could really be a game changer, I think, for some of these big law firms and others that have, you know, DMS systems uh, uh, packed with, uh, you know, years and years of briefs and memos and whatever other legal documents they've generated over the years. The other thing that was notable about that announcement, if it's the same um, uh, one that I read, was that it was using GPT 3.5 turbo or whatever, not yeah. grow and getting really good results because of that limited data set that you provide it. It has yeah. results that are comparable, but even faster than GPT 4. And that's also more cost effective um, and, you know, as well. So that was a, that was another exciting part of that um, announcement. Yeah, a lot of those turbo engines have problems. I can attest to that in my car. Uh, <laughs> what else? What else about uh, Ilticon uh, parties? We talk about parties. <laughs> <laughs> so many parties. There were parties. <laughs> I didn't parties. see, and I didn't see very there many were pictures. They were taking at pictures at those parties. We were, we're told, at least of the media. I don't think I ate dinner the entire time I was there because we just started at one party of five, kept walking to party after party, and they all just had appetizers, and I subsisted on appetizers and alcohol and, and walking. <laughs> I walked it all off for sure. <laughs> but it, It's an abundance of riches when it comes to parties at Ultica. I mean, it's, it's sort of always been that way, but it's interesting compared to some other conferences that try and corral you more into their specific events and, and Ilticon certainly has its own events it has a great you know opening night party and uh, I don't know if anybody stuck around for the closing night party I did not uh, but um, but at the same time uh, just you know tons of different receptions and, and other events to choose from that is as I wrote my my post I mean the, the kind of the probably the the ultimate uh, one was that I manage uh after party um that uh you know if you walk by the i manage booth that uh that was like 9 30 in the morning i think it was i walked by and there were people lined up out there to get the little wrist ramp bands they were going to need in order to get into that party and uh it was uh it was packed and loud and a lot of fun for a lot of people the park was unprepared for that because i left early because i had an early flight the next day and person I was with was going to come back because she was going to pick up her brother or something. Um, but the security was really angry. They talked to us and they were really mad because everybody was leaving in five minutes and there was going to be one guy that was going to be there to like monitor the in and out of the, um, out of the park. And so it seemed like there had been like a lack of communication um, with security or something on behalf of Disney. Cause I would assume that's Disney's job to staff their security properly. Hopefully no one got out of hand like that. This time there was the, the fire alarm at the um, <clears throat> one party. Hopefully there were no like fights like there were. That's, was it a legal week? <laughs> that's right. The Lutera party. As I told, told Bob, I think I'm going to quit showing up at parties with him because every time something happens and everybody has to evacuate, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think it's Nikki. It's not me. <laughs> I was never, maybe it is. Yeah. I would have blamed Joe. But I, yeah, no, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was at a perfectly reasonable party. I don't know what you all were doing. Yeah, you guys were the at Dan O'Day's uh, party, which Dan Dan didn't invite us to, but uh, fortunately he's not in the audience oh. to take any. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, oh, I'm kidding. I know he is. And he says <laughs> okay, he did, good, actually. Good, good. He claims he did. He claims he did. I checked my spam. Uh, I will say I actually true, did. He says. 
I actually did go back and check and I didn't have it. And I, I don't blame him. I, I think there was something wrong with the ways in which people were being told about these. Cause I had none of them. Um, I and, I and it wasn't just, I searched my, I searched and it was and, and my spam. Right. And it wasn't just, my point is it wasn't just him. I didn't have ones from a lot of these companies. Uh, I had to find out about them later. I think there might've been some kind of a weird well, screw up the party here. source. Sure. He about knew yeah, every really. single one and was invited to all of them and had yeah. all the fans on. He was the yeah, we, all, we all managed to find him anyway. It wasn't a problem. Uh, we did manage to find them. You're right. But yeah. I mean, the, the all the ones that I went to, I mean, there just was a lot of energy and people were talking. And even in the like public areas of the hotel, I mean, if you walk down there at seven or eight o'clock, it, it was packed and, you know, it, it was mostly ill to people and people were engaged and. It was it was pretty cool to see. And like I said, I didn't I didn't see any hardly anybody with masks on except for maybe some of the people that worked for the hotel. And I didn't hear hardly any discussion of COVID. So <laughs> that's good. Yep. And and uh yeah. Um and I was gonna say about that, and now I forget what I was just about to say something about about parties and I lost my train of thought. Um <laughs> Oh, I know what I was going to say that just uh, not about parties, but just just uh, generally they, they they sent out a, a Beth Ann from Ilticon sent out a kind of a wrap email this morning saying this was the second officially the second largest Ilticon ever in terms of attendance. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the exhibit hall, as far as I was concerned of, of exhibit halls, I have been to since COVID. This is the one that I kind of felt the most like in good old fashioned exhibit hall with lots of, what was it, 158, I think, exhibitors there. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I didn't like the fact that there was like this weird front and back section and and uh, you could almost, you know, it was another one of those instances where if, if, if you really weren't paying attention, you might even miss there was a whole back section of the exhibit hall. But it wasn't like they just delegated, you know, the, the, the people who paid less or something to the back. I mean, some of the major vendors were in the back. And they had the startup hub back there, which was nice to see. Uh, I, I like the fact that they had some open spaces in the exhibit hall where you could with tables and chairs where you could go sit and meet with people and talk and rest your feet for a little bit and all of that. I thought that was a nice touch. And yeah, the uh, and, and having the startup alley, I don't remember them doing that before. Maybe they did. But, I think they did um, it the year before too. They, well, yeah. right. They did, a, it, they did it in... DC, but it but they put the room right next to where our press room was, which as you recall was nowhere near anything. <laughs> and they had them give the their pitch <laughs> and they had them give their pitches on like Thursday afternoon or something like that. So this was a much better version than the one yeah. before. The yeah. goat lounge is awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was this lounge where you just you ring a bell and they give you a drink. They, they hand it out. It was, it was really awesome. It came out through the little things that looked like fake bushes and this little hand would come out with the drink. Yeah. One thing I learned that's apparently a little bit that. unique about Ilta and IltaCon is that if you are a sponsor for like, you know, you pay to sponsor their other publications or whatever for the year, you have to get a booth. That's like a requirement. So they're very hmm. smart about how they do everything in terms of that um, conference sort of um, being a moneymaker for them. Like it's, I don't know what happens if you don't get a booth. I don't really know what that looks like, but you're supposed to have a booth as part of your sponsorship. And it's not like you have the option. It's like, no, you have to come and have a booth. So I think it's interesting, but that may be why it was so full. And, and maybe in the past few years, they just gave people breaks because of COVID and it was optional. Yeah. 
All right. Have we and it seemed like uh, it seemed like all the seems like all the big players were there at the exhibit hall too. There wasn't any any notable absences as there have been at some conferences. So Matt, Matt says Nashville next year with an exclamation point, which I assume means he's happy about that. I don't, I'm not I'm not a fan of the Nashville. I'm assuming that's the Gaylord. I'm not a fan of it's the at the Gaylord. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah, of so that therefore either. not Nashville. Um, but but are they be, even in the same be in state? Nashville for Clea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, we're going to be at the Gaylord again. Like again, yeah. the Gaylord is not Nashville, as far as I can tell. Right, right. right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Um, anything else on uh, Cleocon? I mean, Cleocon. Celticon. <laughs> no, that's Cleocon, next, Bob. <laughs> Cleocon's next. Not next. There's a bunch of, there's a whole bunch no, of. Oh, this is a couple of, yeah. Right, right. We got, we got a few. Uh, I, I saw the, this news item, and I feel like we have to take take a take a moment of silence to recognize the the passing of the inventor of the PDF, John Warnock, who died at 82 years of age yesterday. I feel like where would the legal profession be without the PDF? Um, and 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 the improperly redacted PDF, more specifically. Actually, going to note someday there will be an obituary for the first lawyer to improperly redact a PDF. Um, all right, any, or maybe the last else? lawyer. Maybe the last. <laughs> Uh, anything else anybody wants to talk about? Going, going, gone. All right. Well, thanks to everybody for uh, this. It was good, good seeing uh, all of you and a bunch of people in the uh, chat here at uh, at the conference last week. And uh, see you next stop on the conference circuit. We'll be back here next week, warming up to our 100th episode. See you all. Have a good, <laughs> have a good week, everybody. <laughs>